Hello and welcome to the St. Francis Sunday Sermon Podcast for this, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. Our sermon this week comes from the Reverend Bob Kostler, and we hear musical selections, How Firm a Foundation, and God Be in My Head, from the St. Francis Choir. Enjoy and have a blessed week, my friends. or 
and then recognize what works the thank you is for. And then explain how vital the effort was to the business, and then with another thank you. Five minutes and done. I always copy upper management as appropriate, and their response was almost always the same. Quote, good job, or excellent, or some other short phrase, but rarely thank you. And the replies always seemed rather forced and hurried. I must do this because I was copied on this email was their underlying message. <laughs> Years ago, I read that President George Herbert Walker Bush personally wrote thank you notes when he thought someone did something outstanding and above the ordinary. He used beautiful paper and a fountain pen and wrote out his message longhand in his own hand. What a simple yet powerful idea and one which I have used on many occasions. The recipient is always blown away and a note saved as a special reminder. Who writes with pen and ink anymore anyway? This practice became an integral part of my style, so much so that when one of my staff was promoted, I gave her a box of beautiful note cards, a fountain pen, and a book, The Art of the Handwritten Note. <laughs> it is powerful practice, one to be shared. Today's gospel can be summed up in two words. Thank you. Jesus enters a village on the border between Galilee and Samaria, where he runs across lepers on its outskirts. The lepers are segregated from the community at large following the Jewish purity laws as written in the book of Leviticus. Because of these laws, they, are called, they call out to him from a distance. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They know who he is, having recognized him. And they call him master and plead with him to help them. The term leprosy in the Bible covers many different skin diseases, including Hansen's disease. A person with one of these conditions was completely ostracized from their society, left out to live on the margins of the village and scrabbled for life. They remained that way until they were declared if you recall, this was not Jesus' first encounter with lepers. In chapter 4 of Luke's Gospel, he tells us, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came to him who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed down with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then he ordered the man to tell no one, but commanded him, Go, show yourself to the priest, and bring the offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. The news of this miracle spread widely and quickly, so much so that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So it is no surprise that when Jesus entered this new village, his fame preceded him. When Jesus saw them, he told them, Go and show themselves 
lepers was more abbreviated than with the first leper. A simple command to go and see the priest. Interestingly, the lepers make a leap of faith and go to the priest. They have no guarantee of cure, but why not? Luke's brevity of the healing is telling, no fanfare and no crowds. The lepers leave, and on their way to the priest, they are cured. They have to be astonished, just as the first leper. What comes next is stunning. According to one commentator, he, quote, he writes, No story in all of the Gospels that so poignantly shows man's ingratitude. The lepers were desperate, as you can imagine. How could they provide for themselves? Their lives must have been bleak beyond our understanding. Jesus cured them, but the nine never turned around. Their wildest dream became true. They were healed, yet they never turned back to give thanks. But, one, but the one realizes as he walks that his leprosy is gone. He is relieved of his worthless disease. Unlike the others, he rushes back to Jesus, prostrates himself, and thanks Jesus. And Luke quietly notes, now he was a Samaritan. We know that there was a vast social chasm between Samaritans and Jews at that time. Jews refused to have anything to do with what they considered a wayward infidel tribe. Luke leaves us with the sense that the nine were Jews, but it is hard to say. All we know is that the one was a Samaritan, a foreigner who gave thanks to Jesus and to God. The kingdom of God was brought here, but only the one, a foreigner, acknowledged that gift. And Jesus lamented this. One man experienced salvation, the others healing. You would think that we would learn from these lessons, that like the one, we too would immediately turn around. Giving thanks seems so hard. Often we get what we want, but what then? A poet wrote about it in this way. Who redeems your life from 
destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed. 